March Madness is officially here, everyone. Tuesday, March 1st edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for tonight, so settle in and we'll set you up in a little more than 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app it is officially march and it is officially tyler fulgham and aaron dolan with you this morning on the daily wager podcast we'll get into some college basketball not quite yet to tournament time in march but the regular season mm-hmm. is winding down aaron we'll dive into a, a matchup tonight in the big east that has piqued our interest but let's start in the association as we like to do um decent one in the eastern conference between the celtics and the Atlanta Hawks, the Celtics right now, I believe, a seven-point favorite over Atlanta at home. We know how good uh, the Celtics have been as of late, especially defensively. Um, 227.5 is the total. I'm also seeing it now down to 6.5, depending on where you're shopping. So the line might be oscillating a little bit there. But bottom line, when you look at Boston visiting or Boston hosting Atlanta tonight, Aaron, what sticks out to you? Yeah, the first thing that sticks out to me is that total right now. I'm seeing it at 227 and a half, the book that I'm looking at. And this is kind of interesting to me because all three games between these teams have gone under. The first total posted in November was 216 and a half, in January, 217 and a half, and then in February, 224. So that keeps rising despite all three games, again, had gone under. Now, these teams are trending towards the over. The over has cashed in five straight for the Celtics and three and one in the last four for Atlanta. So with the thought in mind that there might be some points scored in this game, I am looking at Trey Young over 36 and a half points and assists. I have seen it tick up just a little bit, depending again on what book you're looking at, but he's hit this number in three of the last five games, one being against the Celtics with 30 points and 10 assists at TD Garden. Now he also comes into this game having racked up at least nine assists in eight of the last nine games. And you can look at his assist prop. That's at eight and a half, but again, that's pretty juice. So I wanted to add the points into this because you do have a Celtic squad. Yes. Their defense has been great, but against the Pacers, they actually allowed 17 for 33 from beyond the three point line. So I do think that potentially the Celtics could be sliding a little bit in terms of their defense just as of lately. So I think that Trey young will hit over 36 and a half points and assists. Yeah, I'll start with uh, addressing the total there. Um, And I want to isolate, there's our favorite word, Aaron, the Hawks team total and go under 109 and a half. Uh, You mentioned how these teams, when they've matched up, every game has gone under. You've heard me talk ad nauseum about how great the Boston defense has been uh, for the past two, two and a half months. You mentioned the outlier performance the last time they were on the floor against a, an Indiana Pacers team. That's not nearly as good of them. I think the Pacers scored 133 in that game, but you mentioned they also made 17 of 33 from downtown. So they shot, you know, an, an outlier good 52% from downtown. So I'll just chalk that up as a great shooting night for the Pacers and an off night where they didn't necessarily take their opponent that seriously for the Celtics. Now Boston returns back home with that great defense and that great defense should be motivated by the embarrassing performance that they put on the floor last time out. I think they're going to give that good effort with the help of the home crowd and hold the Hawks under their team total of one Oh nine and a half. But I really like laying the six and a half here with the Celtics. If you can find that great mm-hmm. seven, I'm comfortable with two. Look at this stat that's in this trend. That is, you know, some trends, Maybe they mean something, some they don't. It's just something worth noting when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks here this season. They are zero 
and 31 <laughs> ATS this season in games they've lost. So they have not Crazy. covered any game that they have lost. When they lose straight up, they also lose ATS. They're 27-2 and two ATS this season in games they've won. So there's been a couple of games where they've won but haven't beaten the number. So when Atlanta loses, they lose. I think Boston's going to win this game. I think it's a good situational spot at home, often embarrassing loss. They're going to bounce back against a team that will have their attention because Atlanta is a you know borderline playoff team. So I think the Celtics will win this game. And if that's the case, the trend indicates that not only will they win, they will cover against the That's Hawks a crazy because- stat, by the way. I saw you put that in the doc this morning, and I was like, that, where did he find that? That is insane. How is nobody talking about that? I, I mentioned it last week when I first noticed it. The trend has continued. So it's one of those things I'm going to keep riding here because I don't know what mm-hmm. how to explain it. I don't know what it means. <laughs> but I do think, again, it is a good situational spot for the Celtics to add to that trend for the Hawks because they are the better team. They did just have an embarrassing performance. And the Hawks are a team that's going to get your attention more so than the Pacers. And they are returning back home. So I'm going to lay with the Celtics and I'm going to isolate that Hawks team side under 109 and a half. I like what you're saying there with uh, the prop market as far as Trey Young is concerned. Um, I w- we don't have a, a real good read on this game, but it is worth noting the Mavs are in L.A. taking on the Lakers and the Lakers are getting five and a half at home, total of 216 and a half. We know the Lakers have made some adjustments to their roster, adding in DJ Augustine, Wenyan Gabriel, they let go of DeAndre Jordan. Um, and Luca obviously has just been absolutely smashing. I have to imagine, uh, again, this is not an official pick, but I have to imagine Luca is going to have a, a decent day in this matchup. Pace up, bad defense, teams going through transition, and Luca's just absolutely been crushing. So I haven't even looked at what his props are, but – I have to imagine it's over or past there for me. Any thoughts right, just from a macro perspective on Matt? Yeah, I mean, for his Lakers? player point, yeah, his player points right now is 31 and a half. But I mean, the narrative around this game was just going to be, oh, the Lakers going to bounce back right. after their, that right. terrible loss to the Pelicans. It was more so not even the loss. It was what happened ensuing with, you right. know, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. I mean, they're getting in fights with fans it, and the press conferences after it didn't help them in any, any way with what they were saying. So, Maybe some people are thinking, okay, well, this will be a bounce back game for the Lakers, but the Lakers mm. are 13 and 20 ATS at home. They're not great. Meanwhile, the Mavs are 18 and 12 on the road. The Mavs are just heating up. And on top of that, for the Lakers, I mean, at what point do you want to trust them? And LeBron James, by the way, is questionable for this game. So he might not even play at home tonight. So I think if you like the Mavericks minus five and a half, you should grab that now because yeah. if LeBron doesn't play, it's probably going to jump up. It already has jumped up a couple of points. It opened minus three and a half and is now at minus five and a half. But I do think that the Mavericks, I mean, they did just play against the Warriors, and I know we'll talk about that game in a minute, and they were down by 21 points. They came back and won that game. So, I mean, they're clicking on, you know, firing on all cylinders. So it's hard to back a Lakers squad, especially with what we've been seeing. Yeah, we'll discuss this on the show today. It's uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. What would you have to be given to back the Lakers with the way that they're playing? Mm -hmm. And how many points would you need in your pocket uh, to have any type of confidence in the Lakers? Because right now they are instilling no confidence in gamblers <laughs> you men- least. yeah exactly you mentioned the warriors they're coming off that you know kind of stunning uh, collapse against the dallas mavericks on sunday night they visit the minnesota timberwolves mm-hmm. a team that has kind of become really interesting in the western conference they have the number one offense in the league since the calendar slipped to 2022 and the line is kind of alarming when you look at it got to do a double take here 
The Warriors are just a one-point road favorite against the Minnesota mm-hmm. Timberwolves. Total of 232.5, Aaron. What sticks out here to you? I think it's pretty crazy because the Timberwolves are terrible when playing on back-to-backs. They're 0-5 ATS in their last five games playing with no rest. We saw what happened last time when they played Philadelphia on that back-to-back. They got absolutely destroyed. Granted, come on, it it was James Harden's first game. We knew he was probably going to go off him and Embiid were spectacular in that game. But they did get blown out of the water in that game. Now, for the Warriors, they've really been struggling. They're 1-7-1 ATS in their last nine games. They've lost five of the last seven games. We know they just dropped that game against the Mavericks. So for me, I do think the Warriors will win this one. And for that reason, I think you could also look at the first half. If you want to take them, they're minus 118 to just be winning the first half. And they did Mm -hmm. jump out to a huge lead over the Mavericks. They scored, um, if I'm doing my math correctly, uh, 60 points in the first half. I mean, they could not, 37 points in the first quarter. So if we see them jump out to a quick lead and you know, you have Steph Curry, you're not going to play Thompson in in this one. He also didn't play in the last game against the Mavericks. So I think if you were going to play this, look at the first half and just take the money line for the Warriors. Cause this line is way too short. I think to be playing the spread. All right. Any guesses, Aaron, as you get to know me as to what (laughs) I might be attacking with the Timberwolves at home against the Warriors? Minnesota at home means under, correct? That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for her? Love it. Hopefully a winning bet. I'm going to take the total under 232 and a half. Um, Okay, let's start with this. The team overall this season that has the highest rate of overs in the NBA is the Minnesota Timberwolves. It makes sense. They have great offense. They play at one of the fastest paces. Um, But most of that damage is being done when the T-Wolves are on the road. When they are at home, they're actually an under team. 17 of the 30 games they have played at home have gone under. And here is why. Doug asked this question rhetorically a couple days ago. I dug in a little bit, and I found out why. When the T-Wolves are at home, their defensive rating of 105.8 ranks as the fifth best home defensive rating in the NBA. When the T-Wolves are on the road, their defensive rating of 114.9 ranks as the 26th best defensive rating on the road in the NBA. So they are just almost 10 points better defensively per 100 possessions when they play at home. I can't explain what that's all about, but that is clearly a very distinct difference between the T-Wolves team at home and on the road. So even though they play fast everywhere, they're a fast-paced team, no matter whether they're on the home, at home or on the road. When they're at home, their defense is really, really good. It's a top five defense in the NBA. When they're on the road, they're really, really bad. It's a bottom five defense in the NBA. So that's how we explain the T-Wolves. This is also a pace down spot for them. Um, even though they're the home team and even though they are a fast-paced team, the Warriors don't play with as much pace as the, uh, or as the T-Wolves do. So a little bit of a pace down spot. The Warriors still bring in, even though they've been playing much of the season without their principal parts, the number one team in defensive rating in the entire NBA in. So we have the best defense in the NBA all season long in the Warriors. We have a team that is a top five defense at home in the T-Wolves. I'm expecting this game to go under and continue that trend. Again, when it's that high, I wish it was a little bit higher. I wish it was closer to 235. I feel a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think the market's starting to catch on to what the T-Wolves do. Um, but again, you just need one bad, bad quarter here. As you mentioned, Clay Thompson might not be available for this game. So that kind of limits uh, the Warriors offensively. Um, 
So I'm going to play under here, 232 and a half. Again, wish it was a little bit higher, but I'm going to ride that trend and hope we get just kind of one bad quarter uh, with these two teams. So Aaron, you're getting to know me. You, you're catching on yes. to my uh, trends here. T-Wolves at home under 232 and a half. All right, that'll do it for the association. Let's move real quickly to college hoops where we have a uh, pretty much top 10 matchup between number 11 Providence and number nine Villanova starts at 630. Providence has already clinched the Big East Championship. They took Mm -hmm. care of that um, by recently uh, beating Creighton and Xavier. Villanova, you know, I guess maybe you could say, quote unquote, has something more to play for, some seeding, that type of thing there. They could be, you know, on the two line potentially. Um, But Providence, as far as the regular season is concerned, they've accomplished everything they need to. Does that factor into your handicapping for this game, Aaron? For me, it doesn't because the three times the Friars were underdogs of five or more points this season. They not only covered, but they actually won straight up mm-hmm. in those three games. That was against UConn, Xavier, and Wisconsin. They're also 6-0 ATS in their last six games as a road underdog. Now, they've only lost three games this season. One of them was to Villanova, but they only lost by five points in that game. And we could see some positive progression in terms of their shooting from three. They only went five for 23. As for Villanova, some of their players are banged up. Colin Gillespie's been playing with a tender ankle. Justin Moore has been playing with a sore ankle. And Jay Wright said that these two players are hurt and they're not practicing. So I do feel that, yes, they've had a week of rest. But at the same time, Jay Wright's not going to go into this game and risk having two of his players really injure themselves. So I do think that we could see with this big number of Providence, potentially backdoor cover or just at the end kind of slide in there and be able to, um, again, cover. So I do think that it's worth taking the points in this matchup, despite how good Villanova's offense is. Yeah, I, I think I would like to just combine what uh, you've discussed and what, you know, Doug uh, wrote in our, you know, Google Doc that gets us ready for each and every show is I think I want to take Nova in the first half and then just have my uh, back door with Providence plus nine and a half for the entire game. So the first half you have Nova minus five and a half. That seems reasonable, again, given the circumstances and the situational handicapping. Nova, even though they are dealing with some, uh, you know, nicks and bruises to principal players, has a little bit more ostensibly to play for in this game. Providence can kind of take a breath. Ed Cooley's team can relax. They've played all these really tight, you know, one score close games, that triple overtime thriller before they gear up for the uh, Big East tournament. And then, of course, March Madness. It may be good for them mentally just kind of just decompress for a game. There's nothing to gain here. So let this Mm -hmm. veteran laden team maybe just kind of decompress for a game and then gear back up, get back into that mode that you've been in all season long. That's had you winning all these close games. So maybe we can middle this with Villanova laying five and a half in the first half and then Providence coming in the back door plus nine and a half in the second half. But, um, you know, Mackenzie Kramer, our researcher and a producer extraordinaire, he loves Mm -hmm. Villanova in the first half. Um, he is a Villanova Wildcat. Of course, we have to throw that out there in full disclosure, but um, <laughs> he handicaps his team pretty well. And I kind of tended to agree that maybe Nova first half Providence for the game plus nine and a half is something that we can get behind in that particular matchup. I'll throw one more college game out because it involves my alma mater, Missouri. You know, I like picking on my Mizzou Tigers tonight. They're in the other Columbia in SEC, Columbia, South Carolina, taking on a um, South Carolina Gamecock team that's pretty hot as of late. Mizzou is 3-8 and eight ATS on the road this season. They're just a dreadful road team. Aaron, their average margin of loss 
on the road this season is 15.8 points. They're being outscored by their opponents by almost 16 points per game on the road this season. South Carolina's only laying seven. They're nine and five ATS at home this year, which is the third best overall ATS record in the SEC at home. That again includes non-conference play as well. But Missouri is just a downtrodden team. I think they're just trying to limp to the finish line here because they know they're not making even the NIT tournament. South Carolina's starting to kind of um, bubble up here as the bubble approaches. So I think they'll be focused at home against a team that's terrible on the road. I'll lay the seven with Frank Martin's squad against my Missouri Tigers. As a matter of fact, it may, it may end up being a best bet on the show today. You'll just have to find Ooh. out 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Wait and see. So, all right. Uh, I think that'll do it. That's uh, another edition of the uh, Daily Wager podcast. This one on a Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to Aaron and I. 10 minutes or a little more of the bets you need as promised. Please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow if you're enjoying the show. That helps us out tremendously, and it makes it easier for you to consume our uh our betting advice each and every morning because when you follow it will be your feed will be populated automatically with the daily wager podcast easy to find just click play bang on your way to work bang out the 10 15 minutes and uh you got your best bets for the day so 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific espn2 daily wager on your broadcast dial tune into that as well and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the daily wager podcast (laughs) 